Hey everyone, I'm Amanda. Welcome to Village Church Q&A. I'm here with Pastor Michael. What's up, Amanda? We've got an interesting question today. I'm really interested to hear what you're (laughs) going to say. Um, The question is, what happens one minute after I die? Mm. I do have a short story. Is there time for it? We have an hour. Okay. (laughs) It's going to sound, it's a funny story, but it's not going to sound funny from the get-go. Okay. Um, My dad became seriously ill with heart problems. Dr. Chow. Um, And it was right after I was born. So I was only six months old Mm. and my dad was in the hospital and my mom got the phone call. You need to come now and pretty much say your goodbyes. He is not doing well. Oh my gosh. So I did not know the story. My mom and my grandma are on the way to the hospital. Um, During that time, they didn't realize it, but he actually, his heart stopped. Mm. And I think if I remember correctly, it was about two minutes. Um, He needed to be resuscitated. Mm. And um, my mom gets there walks into the room i mean could you imagine the weight of being like okay i'm gonna go say sorry this is the end and my dad was sitting up in his bed eating ice cream (laughs) and they were like dr chow what just happened here (laughs) um so actually i've talked to my dad about this and um it's not weird so don't Mm -hmm. worry but there is a reassurance awkward is awesome awkward is awesome and what he he says that he felt during that time period it was just a peace that he had never mm. felt before in his body. Mm. Um, and so that that is always something I pull back on because who's not afraid of dying, yep. you know? Um, but I don't know. What, what do you think? Have you experienced um, near-death experience? Come back to life? Nope. What do you have? Nope, never. <laughs> uh, what I'm thinking about right now is laying on your dad's table while he sticks needles all in my body. He's an acu- <laughs> He's acupuncturist. An and uh, what I loved is your dad would just, he'd be like poking, poking, you know, and then uh, he'd just tell stories. He would talk. There's pictures so of you on the wall, on the on the desk. With like my when bowl you're like, cut. Like 12 yeah. years old. Absolutely <laughs> yeah. epic. Hilarious. And yeah. uh, and then he would, I remember asking him because I was, I don't like pain, you know, at all. And uh, I mean, yeah. some people tolerate it. I'm not yeah. good at that. And yeah. so I'm like, he's like, I'm like, will it hurt? And he says to me, he's like, it'll be fine. You barely feel it. And then about every tenth needle would hit a nerve, and I'd go, Bleh! like yeah. it would just like <laughs> it would be, be like fine, electrocution fine, fine, through my not body. okay. And then he would tell you, you needed that one. Yes. See, <laughs> all right. So what happens one minute after I die? Yes. Uh, full transparency. Uh, people think I'm weird when I say this, but probably multiple times a day I think about death, my death. I think about my children's death. I think about death in general. Mm. It is this ominous thought. I would not consider myself depressed. It doesn't keep me from doing anything. It's just like this ever present like thought in my brain. I don't know why it does give me like a sense of urgency. I feel like every day I'm like, it could happen. Like I'll be honest. Like uh, when our kids go to bed, uh, I, they're very capable of putting themselves in bed, brushing their teeth, turning off the lights. And then the same thought goes through my head every night about eight or eight 30, which is if you die in your sleep tonight, like what if this is the last, if this is it, I know that's like, that's kind of how, yeah, I, how I prevalent like this thought line is. All right, Erwin Lutzer wrote a book called One Minute After You Die. And uh, I've heard it is great. I've read excerpts from it. There's one line in here that I think just is perfect. He says this, one minute after you die, you will either be elated or terrified. Hmm. It, it, to one degree, that kind of says it all, right? But let's break it down a little bit. There are some different positions 
amongst some Christians in terms of what happens after you die. Uh, one is called the soul sleep position. This is the idea that when you die, um, you don't kind of go anywhere. You go into a state of just unconsciousness, if you will, until the resurrection where you are resurrected to new life. Okay. So that's one position. Um, I don't personally find that to be biblically defensive. Um, I don't think it's heresy. I just don't, I can't find any justification for it. Hmm. Uh, there is, there is a, uh, another position, which is a little bit more rare, which we'll call instant judgment. It's this idea that you die. And then the moment you die, you are judged immediately. And, uh, and then you are ushered into some spiritual reality, heaven or hell. Hmm. Um, the third the third position would be one that I would take, and, and honestly, like almost every Bible teacher I know takes this position, um, and that is that when you die, if you have trusted in Christ, you will go to heaven or you will go to hell, but they're not the permanent locations. So here's one of the biggest like misunderstandings in Christendom amongst Christians everywhere uh, about what happens when you die in the nature of heaven and hell. We say when you die, you'll go to heaven forever. Well, okay, let's think about heaven for a moment. Heaven is a spiritual place where God exists. And when I die, I am not, I'm not going to be a spirit forever. The whole point of Easter is the resurrection, right? Not only did Jesus resurrect, but there is the resurrection of the living and the dead um, at the end of time. And there's a new earth and there's a new heaven. Now, it's interesting. The heaven they're talking about is the sky, a new heaven and a new earth, not a new abode where God dwells, but the new heavens and the new earth is a new creation. And so we are looking forward to the time when we get new bodies, uh, where we have a new redeemed resurrected earth and we get to live on the new earth with Jesus, the resurrected King of Kings and Lord of Lords forever. Mm-hmm. So when we speak of eternal realities, um, we are looking to the future of a resurrection. In fact, there is a doctrine called double resurrection, which is really important and very often looked over. And that is this, that not only will Christians be resurrected with physical bodies to everlasting life, but non-Christians will be resurrected to everlasting torment. Hmm. So it's a very interesting, uh, it's, that is the historic Christian view. It's just not taught that often. By default, most people think when I die, my body goes away, and then I'm going to be in heaven or hell forever, and then we forget about Easter. And then Easter comes, we're like, yay, new bodies, but we don't put it all together, right? Um, and the double resurrection is actually a doctrine taught both in the Old Testament and in the New Testament with unbelievable clarity. The book of mm-hmm. Daniel, uh, Daniel talks with absolute clarity about the resurrection of those who follow God, the ones who reject him, everybody gets new bodies. Uh, the book of Isaiah ends with this remarkably unique uh, just text where it talks about how those who have been resurrected to everlasting life on this new earth will go look upon the dead bodies of those who have rejected God. And Jesus actually takes his terminology of hell from this passage. It says where they're fire will not be quenched and their worm will not die. Mm-hmm. And it's, I, I know it's like a very harsh topic and I'm more speaking, I'm, I'm more trying to give clarity to the Christian's eschatology or end times, like understanding of things. 
Um, but Isaiah is communicating this world where the lion and the lamb are together, the Messiah is reigning over the entire world, and yet believers have the ability to see the resurrected to damnation. It's a very like mm. weird place. And what's interesting is it seems that as they look upon those people, um, they're seeing everything through God's lens, through the lens of um, they received justice by having their their sins paid for, and the non-Christians are receiving justice because they're paying for their sins. It's like this cosmic reminder that everyone had the opportunity to have their sins paid for, and there are those who trusted in the Messiah and those who rejected the Messiah. Mm-hmm. Um, so I know that's all very heavy. So those are kind of the three big positions, soul sleep, instant judgment, temporary heaven and hell. I think, um, yeah, my position would be that when you die, if you've trusted in Christ, you go to be with God, your spirit is in heaven. Um, if you've rejected him, it's sort of like a temporary place that is hellish and you'll know exactly where it is. You know that you're separated from God. Mm-hmm. You will know there are no other opportunities for redemption. Um, when you die, it's just done. Your your destiny is solidified and finalized. So I want to share a couple Bible verses with you. Second Corinthians chapter 5, uh, verse 6, 7, and 8. The Apostle Paul says, so we are always of good courage. How do I get that? Anyways, yeah. <laughs> I want to always be of good courage, <laughs> yeah, right? That sounds great. We know that while we are at home in the body, we're away from the Lord, for we walk by faith, not by sight. Yes, we are of good courage. We would rather be away from the body and at home from the Lord. And so his understanding is when I die, I will be with the Lord. Uh, he's conscious. Um, he's going to be present. Philippians one twenty three. Paul says, uh, my desire is to depart and to be with Christ, for that is far better. And, and so his whole view is that when I die, I'm going to be in the presence of God. But he's also the same guy in 1 Corinthians 15 who writes an entire chapter on looking forward to the resurrect- resurrection of the living and the dead, looking forward to this day when we get new bodies. And so um, here's some just big picture takeaways. One minute after you die. Number one, you're going to know right away where you are, period. Number two, you're going to see Jesus right away. Uh, done. Like that's that's easy. Number three, you're going to be aware of earth to some degree. I don't know to what. Mm. In Revelation, there's this text where um, the martyrs uh, are saying to Jesus, how long, O Lord, until you avenge our blood? And so they are aware, right, that there's some things happening. People are dying for Christ. They're in heaven. Um, And so there is some level of awareness. Um, We don't know to what extent or to what degree. Uh, We don't believe that uh, we pray to dead people or they answer our prayers or anything like that. That's Mm -hmm. those are not biblical categories. Um, And then I think here's a fourth insight. When you die um, right away, things are going to start to make sense. You'll be in the presence of God. You'll know where you are. You'll know that you were safe. If you've trusted in Christ, you'll know the general outcomes of things. If you had, no doctrine or no development, or maybe you trusted in Christ one minute before you died and yeah. you'd never been taught a thing. Like you're going to know it's going to be okay. Uh, the blood of Christ covered you. You're going to be with him and it's going to be safe. And um, there's great encouragement for that. If you've never trusted in Christ though, you will know exactly where you are and you will know that it's not okay. Yeah. And you will know that you were wrong. And uh, here's what we will just end with this nobody will be able to declare Jesus unjust. I don't understand all the dynamics and how it all works. Nobody will be able to look at him and say, what you did where you sent people was not fair. You didn't give them a chance. You didn't give them enough information. You didn't give them enough 
to make a fully informed decision about whether or not Jesus would be their savior. Um, every single person, no matter where they end, heaven or hell, um, God will be declared absolutely righteous and just. And that's, again, I know I'm, I'm, I'm approaching this with a little less emotion and a little more fact, but for the believers who are listening to this, this is, um, yeah, I think we need to speak. We need to be clear, you know, when we yeah. die, Yep. what happens? I appreciate that. And that's the, the word clear answer mm. for something that can be so anxiety producing. Correct. Right. Um, yeah. So anyways, thanks Pastor Michael for that mm. great answer to that difficult question. We want to invite our listeners back for next time when we answer the hard question, when is it okay to disobey the government? 